0: This is Rio of Madison Rising, and you're listening to our acoustic version of the Star Spangled Banner here on KLRN Radio,
1: where
2: liberty and reason still reign.
1: Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light, what so bright. Strives in bright stars through the perilous fight. Oh, the ramparts we watched were so gallantly stricken.
2: listening to klrn radio where liberty and reason still reign klrn radio has advertising rates available we have rates to fit almost any budget contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com
0: You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, And on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord. Right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at R-A-H-A-R-D-I-N At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books.
3: Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up.
0: You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Hardin. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Hardin.
3: Welcome to God's Pure Word of Faith. I'm Richard Hardin and again I want to thank the Lord and the management of KLRN Radio for this great opportunity to share God's Word with you today. I just covered in the last message uh, about the ministry of Jesus or the purpose you know like the good news is that uh, Jesus came and he died according to the scriptures In John in 1 Corinthians 15 he died according to the scriptures he buried according to the scriptures and he rose again according to the scripture well and why was that good news that he had to go through all that well because of the curse of the law in the Old Testament, and the only way the curse of the law could be fulfilled is if we had a perfect sacrifice to take our place. Because back in the Old Testament, they had to, you know, go through sacrifices to get forgiveness of their sin, and um, their sins were covered then until the next time they offered sacrifices and uh, got the forgiveness and, uh, through the sacrificial animals and everything and sprinkling of the blood. Well. Jesus did that for us. He made a one-time sacrifice because of His perfect walk of faith and the shedding of His blood on the cross. Then He provided the perfect sacrifice, the eternal sacrifice, where we don't have to go back anymore, we just turn to Jesus. Uh, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's how He provided that for us, if we will just accept His free gift. Then I covered information about what happened to Jesus from his death on the cross till his resurrection, and then his resurrection, the importance of it, and what it meant to us that like the people in the Old Testament when they offered sacrifices, they got forgiveness of their sins and their you know sins were covered uh, until the next sacrifice. but we have a, such a better covenant with the Lord. He wanted a better relationship with us. So we get forgiveness of our sins when we turn to him and ask forgiveness, but we also get the cleansing from the sin. Ezekiel 36, 26, God speaking through the prophet there said, a new heart also I'll give you, a new spirit will I put within you, I'll take away the uh, stony heart of the flesh, give you heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you. See, that's what happens to us. We get so much more than the forgiveness, as great as that is, the forgiveness, and then God completely forgets our sins. Then, but we get the new heart and His Spirit in us, and we become a child of God. We're born again, then, into the body of Christ, into the you know God's family, by the Spirit coming into our heart when He changes us. I see. Now, today, I'm going to be talking about the Trinity, the relationship of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then following up next Sunday I'm going to continue then to uh, look at some of the relationship between Jesus and Christ and uh, well just uh, explain it Father Sunday but today I'm going to try to share with you uh, about the Trinity and like I said I'll have some new information for you you know when you meet a new person uh, in our society, and and you're gonna to have to have a relationship with them, like a a new employee, or or you go to a new job yourself and meet the new boss or something like this. One of the first things you start doing is conversing back and forth, you know, kind of asking questions and sharing your likes and dislikes and seeing what their likes and dislikes are, so you can get to know them. Because in this relationship, uh, you're expected, you know, to fit in some way or another. Well. That's the way it is with the Lord. When we come and invite Him to come into our heart, and He comes into our heart, and we become a child of God, we need to be studying this relationship of God and what kind of uh, characteristics He has. You know, uh, if you have a boss that dislikes certain things, well, you certainly don't want to start doing those things. You know, as soon as you become an employee, you want to keep from doing those type of things. But first, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says, If grace and peace be multiplied to you, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So, the more we can know and understand uh, about God and the type of relationship we should have, like it says in, let's see, Hebrews 11.6, 6. Uh, one of the most important scriptures to tell us about our relationship between us and God is that in Hebrews 11. 6 it says, but without faith it's impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, you know, that he is God, that he can do these things, and the promises he's given us, he can back them up, but must, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, but that first uh, statement there, but without faith it's impossible to please God, see, now this is a a big, big, uh, important Um, scripture for our relationship with God we can only please him through faith it says now faith comes by hearing hearing the word of God but only if we accept and obey what we hear so for us to be pleasing to God we've got to be accepting his word and it's got to be his pure word it can't be just anything you decide sounds good or something but anyway uh, we need to be studying about God and that's what I'm going to share with you this morning I'm about to Uh, trinity, the relationship we have now. In a recent poll I heard being discussed on the radio, the host stated that only about one third of the people who profess to be Christians in the United States actually believe that Jesus is the only way for a person to be forgiven of sin and made right with God. Also, uh, they stated that many of the leaders do not even believe in the virgin birth. I Our image of God is so very critical for it you know it determines how we seek to relate to him and uh, to be pleasing to him you know we've got to relate in a certain way and it also uh, gives us a value or importance of our lives and the lives of others is how we feel about God and what God expects of us and, and things like this and so I want to try to help clear up some of this confusion now about the images of God and the personality of the Trinity uh, because these images are so important to us. Now, so, uh, and then I will continue on in the next message and be more specific about, you know, uh, Christ and Jesus and their relationship and things like this. And uh, you probably don't realize it, well, what I'm getting at now, but you will before the message is over. Now, in the Trinity, You know, the more we can know about God, uh, we hear a lot, uh, at least I hear a lot on radio and television and messages I've heard that uh, for the Trinity, you must accept it, the Trinity concept, even though you can't apprehend or understand it, but I'm going to explain to you this morning so that you can understand it. Now, it might might surprise you for me to say that, and I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, braggadocious or something like that, but if you'll listen in the next few minutes... Uh, you'll see. Now the word Trinity is not mentioned in the Bible, but the doctrine of the Trinity is defined as the coexist- coexistence of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is Christ, the Living Word, and Father wills the Son performs through His Living Word, Christ, who is the same spoken Living Word of God that has dealt personally in the lives of mankind throughout the ages. For a good example. Uh, of the Trinity that God gives us is in the scripture exists in the relationship of the Pharaoh Joseph and their agreement of word in Genesis chapter 41 or chapters 41 through 50 now this relationship between uh, Joseph the Pharaoh and ruling Egypt can be compared to the spiritual relationship of God and Jesus Christ the living word in the Trinity relationship. Now for those of you that aren't familiar with that story Joseph was well it was Abraham, Isaac then Jacob Jacob's youngest son or well the first son of his daughter Rachel Uh, at the time his youngest son Joseph Didn't get along with his brothers and everything. They had a problem, and his brothers sold him into slavery. He went over into Egypt, and this is starting in chapter 21 of Genesis. And when he got to Egypt, he got put in prison there. Um, He was sold as a slave in Egypt, and then because of some accusations against him, he was put into prison too. But God raised him up to the second highest position in the land of Egypt. The Pharaoh uh, had a dream. And uh, God gave Joseph the interpretation of the dream. And when the Pharaoh recognized, you know, the hand of God in uh, Joseph's life uh, and his wisdom and everything, he set him over his whole house uh, of Egypt and all the people of Egypt. So Joseph was, in a sense, just like the Pharaoh of Egypt. The Pharaoh stepped back and let Joseph do the everyday ruling of Egypt. And... Um, This is the example then of what's happened in in God's kingdom. God has you know stepped back and let Jesus take over the upfront running of it. Hebrews chapter one says, you know, in times past God did the speaking to the people and he, He spoke through the prophets and things like this. But now Jesus is the you might say upfront speaker of the Trinity, and God has stepped back and allowed Him to have that position and His spoken word, Christ. Is how Jesus rules the kingdom of God by His spoken word. Well, Pharaoh exalted Joseph to the second highest position in the kingdom of Egypt, and Joseph ruled by His word. See, and so this is the Trinity relationship here, and as I go through this, in you'll see uh, how this comes about in uh, Genesis chapter forty-one. The Pharaoh said to Joseph thou shalt be over my house speaking the house of Egypt and his kingdom according to thy word shall all my people be ruled only in the throne will I be greater than you and the Pharaoh said unto Joseph I am Pharaoh and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in the land of Egypt Jesus now is over the house of God in Hebrews 10 it says and having a high priest over the house of God, in Hebrews 3, 6, the scripture states, but Christ Jesus has a son over his own house, whose house we are. We Christians are the lively stones, it says, that are used to build God's spiritual house in 1 Peter 2, 5. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Now, see, the father stepped back like the Pharaoh stepped back with Joseph and has given Jesus the authority to rule by his word. And his living word now is Christ. Uh, This is Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. God, who at sundry times and divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. This is in Matthew uh, 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power and authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, we are the spiritual house of the Father, his children. You know, when we receive uh, the Spirit of Christ in our heart and we become a child of God and we receive the new heart, heart, we're born into the family of God. See, we're his spiritual house here on earth. Jesus is our high priest, a Savior and Lord over the Father's house. Joseph was the ruler or Lord over the Pharaoh's house in Egypt. Joseph's word had all the authority of the Pharaoh. And in Genesis 41, 22, the Pharaoh gave Joseph his ring of authority. The Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand. Jesus' word has all the power of the spiritual kingdom or house, uh, of God, as stated in Matthew twenty eight, eighteen, All power in the heaven and earth is given unto me. Jesus also says in John twelve, forty nine, now, for I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment that I should say what I should say, and what I should speak. And again Jesus in John five, twenty six and twenty seven says, For as the Father is life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And has given Him, speaking of Jesus, authority to execute judgment also because He is the Son of Man. Now in John 10:30, I and my Father are one. Jesus says that the Spirit is in Him. And the Spirit in Him is the Father, you know, the living Word. Now see, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. See, God the Father and His spoken Word are one and the same. It's just that when God speaks then we say Christ goes forth and he's the creating power of the universe. In First 1 Corinthians one twenty four, it says, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So Christ is the creating power of God that performs all of the actions that God speaks. And he's certainly the wisdom of God because he's the spoken word of God. So uh, Christ is all power, creating power then. Uh, and Apostle Paul states in Colossians 1 says that for it pleased the Father in him Jesus should all fullness dwell and then recognizing that a mediator um, is normally between two beings the Apostle Paul states that about Jesus and God in Galatians 3:20 says, "Now a mediator is not a mediator one, but God is one." See, He saw that you know Jesus is not just our mediator with God; he, he was exalted through that position to the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, the Pharaoh exalted Joseph above all others in the land of Egypt. God the Father has exalted Jesus above all others in His spiritual house or kingdom. Apostle Peter says in Acts 5:31. Him Jesus has God exalted with His right hand to be Prince and Savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Now see, to be able to be for, um, to give forgiveness of sins, that means Jesus, you know, is God. Now He's, you know, in the fullness of Godhead body. Acts 4:12 says, uh, "Neither is of salvation any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we might be saved." In Hebrews 12:2. Looking in Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand throne of God. Now because of what the man Jesus suffered and allowed the Father to do in him, in his heart, through the spoken living word, Christ, the Father requires that we come to him for salvation through Jesus. Jesus was exalted by the Father to become Lord of our lives and Savior for our sin debt. The Pharaoh exalted Joseph over all others in the land of Egypt, and the people of Egypt, all and other lands, had to turn to Joseph for their salvation. Which in that day, you know, the physical salvation was food. When the famine came, they all had to come to Joseph. Now, when the people did turn to the Pharaoh during that time, though, for food, or in, during the famine, in Genesis 41:55, the people cried unto the Pharaoh. For bread, and Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, "Go to Joseph. What he says to you, do it." This Mm -hmm. is what God said to Peter and James and John on the, you know, Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, He says, and they came. There came a voice out of the cloud saying, "This is my beloved son. Hear him." Notice that Pharaoh made all the people go to Joseph for salvation, their food. The Father makes us go to Jesus for salvation. Our sin debt, the spiritual food in Genesis 41 43, people were to, required to bow their knees to Joseph. And he, Pharaoh, made Joseph to ride in the second chariot which he had. And the people cried before him, Bow the knee. And the Pharaoh made Joseph ruler all the land of Egypt. Now in Philippians 5 excuse me, Philippians 2 5 and 11. Apostle Paul says, "Let this man be in you who is in Christ Jesus, who, being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of servant, and was made in likeness of men. Being found in the fashion of man, <coughs> excuse me, he humbled himself, and became obedient to death, even death of the cross." wherefore God has highly exalted him Jesus and given him a name which above every name that the name of Jesus now here every knee should bow of things in heaven things in earth things under the earth that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father so see Joseph everybody had to bow their knee to him every, God says everybody has to bow their knee to Jesus if you don't bow here on earth you'll bow later but now Joseph's words were the life to the Egyptian, and Jesus says in John 6:63 6, that His words are spirit and they are life for us. Joseph ruled the kingdom of Egypt through His word. Jesus rules the kingdom of God today through His words. Jesus' words will be our judge, as Jesus states in John 12:48: He that rejects Me and receiveth not My words has one that will judge him and the living word is Christ now. It says, one will judge him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. And see, we're all going to have to appear before that judgment seat of Christ. Words that Jesus spoke then and the words he speaks now to us are Christ, the living word. And the apostle Paul states in Romans 14, 10, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ for it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us will give account of himself to God 2nd Corinthians 5 10 11 says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that's a living word Christ God's spoken word Jesus spoken word to us that everyone may receive the things done in the body according to hath done, whether it be good or bad knowing the terror of the Lord we persuade men now since God forgives and forgets all of our sins when we repent and ask forgiveness of sin the only bad thing that will be at the judgment seat of Christ that I can figure are the unforgiven sins, you know, that are acts of sin that we've committed since our salvation, when He forgave our sins and made provision for it. Now you say, well, He forgave all our sins there. Well, He made potential there for all of them to be forgiven. He forgave all of our sins. Listen to Second Corinthians two ten eleven. It says, forgive others, lest you give Satan advantage. Now your sins may be forgiven; you're going to heaven, and everything. But if you have unforgiveness in your heart, you're giving the devil advantage in your life, and you're going to have to ask God forgiveness and get back in relationship with Him to close that door. First Peter three seven says, Husband, dwell your wives according to knowledge, lest um, being joint heirs of grace, life until the weaker vessel, lest your prayers be hindered." See, if you got relationship problems there, you got to get that right before you know you can have that relationship with god that he wants us to have and it's evil not to seek him in second second chronicles 12 14 says rehoboam did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the lord so if you haven't been seeking god for his will in your life that's evil and uh, we need to get those things straightened out here those are the things we're going to have to answer for at the judgment seat of christ how we've lived as children of god now our sins are forgiven we're going to heaven everything If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, you're out of fellowship with God, and the devil has advantage in your life.
2: You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.
0: God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern. And on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord. Right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at r-a-h-a-r-d-i-n dot com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books.
3: Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S P R E A K E R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up and you know as christians we have a new heart from god and the spirit of christ god's power in us god is love and his spirit is in our hearts in john first john chapter 4 verse 18 it says there's no fear in love but perfect love god casts out fear because fear is torment he that feareth is not made perfect in love or god yet so in james 4 7 the scripture says submit therefore to god or his spirit in you resist the devil fear and he the devil in fear will flee from you when you start getting apprehensive about something like starting to fly or a storm coming looking ahead at what might happen to you in your job your health don't just worry and think about these future events or maybe something that you're even going through right now Philippians 4 6 says when you start getting anxious turn to God then by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to God your request and your concerns be known to God worrying won't help you one bit but it will cause you to miss God's blessings to you during that time so choose make the choice yourself to set yourself in submission to God in prayer talking to God and counting your blessings from past things experiences with God then watch the devil and fear flee from you. Now, always let your anxiety be a red flag to remind you to pray. God loves you. He will hear you. And in first, uh, Colossians 127, Christ in us, our hope of glory. So have a good day. God bless you and be set free.
2: You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.
0: You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden.
3: In Egypt were the life to the Egyptians and uh, you know Jesus words are life to us for f- us to have a walk of faith we must accept and obey his words not only just the words in the scripture but um, words like when he asks us to teach a class or do this or w- whatever it is in our service and everything now Joseph and Jesus both started at age 30 as priests of the Old Testament were required to follow let's see in numbers four, chapter four, verse thirty, says for thirty years old and upward, even unto fifty years old, shall thou number them, every one that is entered into service, to do the work of the tabernacle congregation. And uh um, Joseph in Genesis 4146 says, and Joseph was thirty years old when he stood before the Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He was thirty years old when uh um, he was exalted to the second highest position in Egypt. And in Jesus, in Luke 3.23, it says, Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age. See, they fulfill the requirements of their, their service there in, in God's will for their life starting at age 30 there. Joseph and the Pharaoh were in complete agreement of word. Joseph's word ruled the people of Pharaoh's authority delegated and given to him. When Joseph's family came to live in Egypt, Joseph told them to live in Goshen in Genesis 46, verse 28. Well, the Pharaoh agreed in word with Joseph and tells the family to live in Goshen in Genesis 47, 1 to 6. In fact, the Pharaoh gave all power and authority except the throne unto Joseph to rule by his word. The Father has given all power and authority to Jesus to rule his kingdom except over the throne. Jesus was at the right hand of the Father, position of power, until he was exalted to the fullness of the Godhead bodily, to equality with God. See, that didn't come to it after his resurrection. Now, all people had to go to Joseph for salvation food. All people have to go to Jesus for our salvation from our sins, you know, sin debt. And every knee should bow to each one. The Pharaoh willed, and Joseph performed through his word by the authority of the Pharaoh. The Father wills, Jesus performs the Father's will through the living word Christ. Whom we often call the Holy Spirit because when the Father speaks when Jesus speaks the Living Word Christ goes forth and now that's the same living word when uh, God was speaking remember to Moses it says in uh, see Hebrews 11 26 Moses esteemed the riches of Christ greater than all the wealth of Egypt see the riches of Christ God speaking to him personally his Living Word was Christ there when God said let there be light Christ went forth and presented it. Christ is creating all power of God and so when Jesus speaks God's Word today he's speaking the Father's will He's speaking his word Christ goes forth and and that's what happens when we uh, turn to God or turn to Jesus for salvation we call out to Jesus his name has been exalted above all other names for salvation so we call to Jesus He responds to us in by sending Christ, the living word, into our heart. Christ in us, our hope of glory. The same living word that uh, created the universe. The same living word that, you know, uh, Mary was conceived by. The same living word that Moses heard and esteemed greater than all the wealth of Egypt. That same living word in us. Romans 8 9 says, Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. See, that's the creating power that comes in us when we call out to God for forgiveness and creates in us a new heart. See, only Christ can create a heart. Only Christ can, you know, create anything in the universe. God speaks and Christ his word goes forth in and performs the creation. So it's it's God the Father, Jesus speaking today, the upfront of the Trinity because of God was so pleased with Jesus before for what he did that he exalted him through the position of being just a mediator, but to the fullness of God and and gave him the position as the upfront speaker of the Trinity you know a god kind of steps back and well he spoke at jesus uh baptism said my son whom I'm well pleased and he also spoke at the Mount of transfiguration, but since then. God has been letting Jesus be the speaker, it says in Hebrews chapter one. Now Jesus is, is such a important figure today in the Trinity that we turn to him for our salvation, we pray and you know to Jesus, and and he sends his living word then and rules the kingdom. In Colossians one fifteen, the Apostles. Paul states who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature now just like in in, uh, Egypt if people went through the land of Egypt or strangers appeared in the land of Egypt in in those days when Joseph was uh, performing those tasks and and ruling the kingdom they would have thought he was the supreme ruler probably if, if they weren't aware that the Pharaoh had just exalted him, you know, like strangers from uh, afar come through and uh, and ask for food and stuff, they would think, you know, that Joseph was the supreme ruler because they wouldn't know the history of what had gone on. And, and today, a lot of people think about, you know, uh, well, there's people who we call or a lot of people call Jesus only that think that, you know, uh, that, jesus is just the complete god no holy spirit no father god everything like that but it's it's just like in uh, egypt the physical relationship there where the pharaoh stepped back gave joseph the up up front operating of daily issues and uh, ruling the kingdom with his word well god has stepped back he was so pleased with jesus that he exalted him to the fullness of godhead as part of the Trinity and Jesus speaks a word and we then are uh, ruled by Jesus it's easy for people to think then that maybe Jesus is the only you might say uh, part of the being of God but he's not He's God the Father Jesus you know the Son exalted to the fullness of Godhead being and then uh, the Spirit, living word Christ, to us. Now John ten eighteen, uh Jesus had the choice to die or not, and he chose to die. That's in John chapter ten, verse eighteen. That's one reason God was so pleased with him. See, God had given him the the right to choose. He didn't have to die on the cross for us. God had uh, given him an out, he could have um, chose to refuse to do that, but he had the choice and he made the choice because of his love for us. and he saw beyond the cross what it was going to do, how you know we could then come into the fellowship with God and be children of God. and he wanted that for us. He went through all this, you know, knowing that he didn't have to do it. And it says in one place in the scripture said that God was so pleased with him, That he didn't even let his flesh be destroyed. Now, there are so many things like this that uh, we need to well be concerned about in our service for the Lord and everything, because uh, He's done so much for us. In uh, let's see here, Acts chapter two, verses thirty-one to thirty-six. It said, He, David, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Jesus, that his soul was not left in hell, Hades, neither his flesh did see corruption. See, God loved Jesus that much. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, therefore let all the house of Israel know surely that God has made the same Jesus, the man now, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ." See, now today, Jesus and Christ are the same to us. And we say, you know, Jesus Christ or something like this. But on the cross, Jesus was the man Jesus that died on the cross for our sins. And right before he died, he cried out, "'My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me?' See, he had been connected in his heart with the Lord. Well, ever since the conception of Mary, you know, the Spirit had been in him, the babe in the womb, and then uh, when he was born, he had had the Spirit of God in his heart all of his life until right before his death when Christ left him. Christ left his heart and left him on the cross alone. See, sin now is a separation of the heart from God. So that's when he took on the sins of the world. When Christ left him and he cried out, Uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was the first time he had ever experienced being alone or being without the Spirit of Christ, his Father, in his heart. And he did that for us. He took that sin. Now, when uh, we die this physical death here on earth, our spirit just leaves our body and just goes on to be with the Lord. You know, there, there's no break in our connection with the Lord. But see, there was for Jesus, and that's when he took our sins and uh, became our sacrifice. In that particular case, taking our sins from us and everything, uh, fulfilled the uh, scapegoats action in the Old Testament sacrifices where they put all the sins or prayed all the sins onto the scapegoats and led him out in the wilderness to take, our, take the people's sins away then. Well, Jesus took our sins away when he died that lonely death on the cross right there at the end. That's why God was so pleased with him that he went through all that and God had given him the option to not do it. Like John 10:18 says, Jesus had the choice to die or not. He said, no man takes his life, but he surrendered. He gave his life because of his love for us. Now before jesus was exalted to the fullness of the godhead bodily there was god and his living word in um, isaiah 59:21. god says as for me this is my covenant with them saith the lord that's his covenant now with the old testament people my spirit that is upon thee which is mercy his spirit on them and my words christ which i have put in thy mouth Shall not depart out of it. See, it was God speaking His Word, Christ, to people in the Old Testament. Well, Psalms 25.10 says all the paths of the Lord. Now, it says all there. The paths of the Lord are mercy and truth. Now, mercy is God's Spirit upon them, like it said in Isaiah, and truth was God's Word to them. And he said to such as keep his covenant testimonies now there were judgments and everything for disobedience but these were all the words to the godly people and I have at least two four six eight about eight or nine other scriptures that show in the Old Testament there was not a trinitive relationship Jesus the man was born of Mary and until he was exalted to the fullness of Godhead bodily that completed then the Trinity relationship of God that we have today and so many people uh, it seems like argue about like Jesus deity no Jesus wasn't God Christ was God in Jesus Christ the Living Word in Jesus just like today Christ in us our hope of glory in Colossians 127 Christ the Living Word in us see Jesus was the firstborn of God Um, The only begotten son of God now we it talks about say like adopted into the family because We were born on this earth with no spirit of God in us Total sin see we were born in total sin that didn't mean that we were Terrible people or anything like that. It was just we were separating our hearts from God and um what started filling our heart then was what our mothers and dads taught us, our schools, what our friends, what our society, and you can see with all the societies around the world, different kind of people and everything. People's hearts without Christ are just filled with all kind of things. If you look in uh, Ephesians chapter two, the, verse five, the first five verses. Ephesians chapter two, the lust of the flesh, the greed, all these things like this. But when Jesus comes or sends His Spirit into our heart the Spirit of Christ in our heart. He creates in us a new heart, a new life, forgives our sins, and puts His Spirit in us. And He lives in us then. See, we go from a dirty, filthy heart, you know, like that, to a cleansed heart with the Spirit of love, Spirit of God, God is love, His Spirit in us. And that's a great change. That's what it means to be born again. All things become new. You know, we're born of the Spirit of God into the body of Christ. And it is so important like that. But then, see, God exalted the man Jesus into the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now, and so we have a Trinity relationship now where uh, it kind of goes along with the physical relationship in Genesis chapter 41 to 50. If you want to look at it some more, also on my website, you go to my videos and um, I have a video there about the Trinity. Which explains this father too. There's so many things that were like this. Uh, they both started at age 30, Jesus and Joseph. Um, the people had to bow to both of them, Jesus and Joseph. Um, well, it's just if you, you go through all these different relationships like this. In fact, the Pharaoh told Joseph, "No man shall lift up a hand or a foot in Egypt, except at your word." And see, we we are the word of Jesus now. Every knee should bow to both of them. Um, joseph received the ring of authority jesus said all power and earth and heaven and earth is given unto me so just on and on you know that's a physical relationship then which is similar to our spiritual relationship in the trinity but you know to receive christ in your heart is the most important thing you do now he voluntarily died for us because he did not have to do that he chose to do it because of his love for us and everything. And today, if if you can't remember a time when you received that changed heart, all that uh, mess in your heart—lust and greed and all these things—in uh, your heart—and you turn to the Lord, then and ask His forgiveness, He cleanses your heart. And um, what is it? First John one nine says, uh, "Now if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins." and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness see the old testament people didn't get that cleansing and they didn't get the spirit to come live in their hearts to become children of god the work of grace in is is what christ does in us to clean our heart to create the new heart in us and to live in our hearts and work in our heart that's what we call the work of grace if you cannot remember that transformation in your life when you called out to God into death. If you can't remember that, I would like for you to pray with me and invite the Spirit of Christ to come into your heart today because it just takes a simple, honest prayer, a simple prayer of turning from your sin or wanting to turn from your sin and turn to the Lord and invite Him to come in. Uh, In Romans chapter 10, verse 13, Romans 10, 13 the uh, scripture says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, we can know that we're a sinner. We can know that Jesus is our answer for our sins. Like it says in the book of Romans six twenty three, it says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We can know that, but that's not salvation to us, just knowing and believing it. In James 2 19 says the devil's believe and tremble when Jesus came into the presence of the demons they cried out to him Jesus our son of the Most High God why do you torment us for our time see just knowing and believing that your sinner knowing and believing that Jesus is the answer the response is what determines if we become a child of God or not do we respond correctly and the only way to respond is by humbling ourselves calling out to him asking forgiveness of our sins and Accepting him into our heart, in um, Hebrews four two, the scripture states that uh, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached to them did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. See, even though you believe it, know it. There's people right now listening, maybe they say, "Well, I want to wait till I get out of college. I want to wait till I get married. I want to wait till I've sold my wild." See, anything the devil can do to cause you to put Jesus off it'll be easier later and later for you to continue doing it but see we must respond properly and that's you know like it said you know Hebrews 11 6 it's impossible to please God without faith and faith is accepting and obeying his word and um, Psalms 119 9, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according the word so by taking heed, the fact that we know we're a sinner, we know that Christ is our or Jesus is our answer. We must humble ourselves. Then, like it says here in Romans 10:13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, I would like to just lead you in a simple prayer, and it doesn't have to be the exact words. You could just say, "Oh God, help!" You know, calling out. Second Corinthians 3:16 says. When it, the heart of man, turns to the Lord, the veil of separation is lifted. So just a heartfelt cry to God for help because, you know, most people nowadays don't know all these spiritual words and conditions and things like this and everything, but your heart knows it needs God. When when you face this point in your life, but I will lead you in these words that kind of represent what, you know, you're doing in your heart turning to the Lord and everything. So you can say, Jesus, I ask you please to forgive me. Cleanse me of all my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I surrender my heart and life to you and invite your spirit, Christ, to create in me the new clean heart. Live in my heart. In your name, Jesus, I ask, amen. See, so just turning to God with all your heart, inviting him to come in and to create in you that new heart New life talked about in Ezekiel thirty six twenty-six, where God speaking through the prophet said, A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit in you. And then when that happens, when the spirit comes in, that's the instant then you become a child of God. When he forgives, cleanses your heart, or creates in you the new heart. New pure heart, you know and and you'll know it's happened because if you see yourself as a sinner before God and all that hate and all those lust and all these burdens and everything, you may not know it, but it's just like having a dark cloud over your head, you know like that, and when he erases that from your heart, forgives your sins, and he says he will remember them no more, uh you're forgiven and they're forgotten and and that's cleaned up in your heart it it just oh such a burden has been lifted. And you'll know it, and then when you receive that, like in uh, Galatians one twenty-seven, the Apostle Paul says, "Christ in us, our hope of glory." Christ, the living Word of God, has come to live in your heart, and in my heart, when we humble ourselves and invite Him to come in. And Second Corinthians five seventeen it says, uh, "If any man be in Christ, behold, he is a new creature; old things passed away; all things become new." See, we aren't just. Um, might say given a bath and cleaned up and everything and you know and put on fancy clothes or something Christ creates in us a new heart pure heart and he lives in our heart with love where before we had all those lust and things like this now we have him living in us the living Word of God in 1st Corinthians 124 where again it says that uh, Christ the power of God and the wisdom the pure Word of God in our heart and Christ is love God is love so, God's love and His power and His pure word in our heart, you'll know that your heart's been changed. And it really is just, it was so exciting going through that, and it's exciting to think about it again and everything because it just thrills me to know that I've been born of the Spirit of God into the family of God. In Galatians 4 6, it says, Because your sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, well, you no more a servant but a son, and then if a son, then heir of God through Christ, a joint heir with Jesus. You know, as like our elder son, but Jesus is exalted to the fullness of Godhead bodily now. So we're a joint heir to all of those promises that Jesus was fulfilling here on earth. You know, the promises, you know, when he prayed, like in one time when he praying for Lazarus uh, that had been dead for about four days and he said father i know that thou hearest me always but i say this because of the people standing by here that they might know that thou hast sent me so the people heard his prayer and then he said lazarus come forth god answered his prayer the spirit of christ raised lazarus from the dead and he came forth as an answer to jesus prayer and you know so all those promises like that are ours now as children of god in uh, Romans 8 and 9 now, it, it tells, it says you're not in the flesh but in the spirit. If so be, the spirit of God dwell in you. And it says, now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So see, it's when we call out to God and then we we'll call out to Jesus. And Jesus answers us by sending his living word Christ into our heart. The instant the living word comes into our heart, we are changed to become a child of God. Like it says in Romans 8, 9, Now if any men have not the Spirit of Christ, none of His. So before the Spirit of Christ comes in our heart, we're His creature. Yes, we were born on earth, but we all born in total sin without any of God's Spirit in us. Now when we receive the Spirit of Christ into our heart, we become a child of God. He's living in us, and we're a different creature. We start out with a pure heart, uh, Christ living in us at salvation. Now, there's still problems in our lives that we need to you know take care of you know like uh, says in 2nd uh, Corinthians 2 10 11 forgive others lest you give Satan advantage see we, we can be giving away part of our relationship opening a door to the devil to come in and bring sicknesses and curses and things like this to us if, if we don't walk according to the rules of the you know kingdom and the rules of the kingdom is it's impossible to please God without faith and it's says in uh, Romans 14:23, says that uh, everything not a face is sin well we can't sin anymore as it says in the scriptures because our hearts are joined together with God and uh, the scripture says that because his seed is in us now we can commit acts of sin which are just as bad but our hearts still not separate from God but when these acts of sin like in uh, first Peter Let's see, 1-7. Husbands, dwell your wives according to knowledge, being joint heirs of grace life, lest your prayers be hindered. See, we can still do a lot of things that cause us to be out of fellowship with our Heavenly Father, even though we have His Spirit in our heart continually. And Jesus says that He'll never leave us. He'll never leave us, or He won't lose any of those that the Father brings to Him. And Now, so uh, we have eternal... Security, eternal salvation, the instant Christ comes in our heart throughout eternity. We don't have to go through that separation of our hearts from God like Jesus did on the cross. On the cross, when the Father separated him, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's when the Spirit of Christ left his heart, and then the man Jesus in died alone on the cross for our sins. So um, I hope that today you will pray and get that worked out and be able to experience the joy of knowing that Christ lives in your heart and he'll live in your heart forever. Now, we may not be perfect, you know, obedient children, but we're still his children and he'll forgive us and welcome us back into family for whatever we might do. John three sixteen seventeen. 17 for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him Jesus should not perish but have everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved now my revision is this for John three sixteen. for God so loved the people of the world that he gave his only begotten son Jesus that Jesus should endure the loneliness, the suffering of the perfect walk of faith, and the painful sufferings of his seven sprinklings of his blood on the cross, by the crown of thorns, the plucking of his beard, the nails in his two feet, the nails in his two hands, and the terrible stripes on his back, that Jesus would go through all this suffering. God allowed these sufferings in his mercy so that all of God's already pre-elected and predestined people prior to birth to die and go to heaven that they would actually die and go to heaven. That sounds so ridiculous. If only predestined or elected people prior to their birth go to heaven, then there would have been no need for the work and suffering of Jesus. No one's destiny would or will ever be changed by Jesus' suffering and death on the cross for our sins and salvation, because everything required for our salvation would have already been done prior to our birth by God's act of electing and predestining us to heaven or hell before birth. After God has predestined us to heaven or hell, there would be no need or no more to be done in heaven and earth. It would already be finished before our birth. So what's happening here is the devil hates Jesus so much that he's come up with this Calvinist, devilish, deceived theology that would have us think that we're predestined or elected prior to birth to go to heaven or hell, and that would make all the suffering and work of Jesus as our Savior totally unnecessary, totally worthless, and Jesus totally... Useless, for his life and death on the cross would not change anything prior to, you know, people dying and going to heaven or hell. Because it has already been done by God predestining and electing them to heaven or hell before we were born. See how ridiculous that is? Good day, God bless you.
0: Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at r-a-h-a-r-d-i-n dot At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see... And purchase his books.
2: KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.